is so good to see you this morning. If we haven't gotten an opportunity to meet yet, my name is Tom. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I've got a real special treat for you this morning, Five Stones. Uh, I'm really excited about uh, today because uh, we get to hear from uh, an amazing communicator, an amazing pastor, and he just so happens to be my best friend in the world, Uh, Pastor Ben Murray uh, and his wife, Annalise, which, let's just be honest, that's the brains behind the operation over here, Um, so if you really want to meet the, the, the brain trust go, go this direction, but we get, we get the opportunity to hear from a Pastor Ben who um, leads a church out in Wichita Falls, Texas um, called City Hope Church, and if you've been to Next Steps, you've heard me talk about them and how much they mean to our church and, and to me personally, and, and Pastor Ben is not just a, a great communicator, which he is, and he's not just a, leading a, a thriving and growing church out there. The Murrays are just, uh, their family means so much to us. Us. And uh, and we're really blessed today. As we close out this series, Change Your World, I think you're going to be just blessed today. And so will you do me a favor? Will you put your hands together and will you give a great big Five Stones Church welcome to Pastor Ben Murray? Come on. Hey, hey, good morning. Who's glad to be at church? Anybody glad to be in church today? Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Glad you're in church, and, and a big hello to everybody who's online today as well. Wherever you're watching from, we are so glad you're part of our church family. So can we do a favor? Let's welcome everybody on the other side of the, the camera today. Let them know it's good to see you. Good to have you with us, church. I feel like this is home for me because I grew up in Sweetwater, Tennessee. Believe it or not. Can you believe that? I'm, I'm a Tennessee boy through and through. I, I'm not from Texas, but I got there as quick as I could. Now, uh, I, I, no, uh, that's what all the people not from Texas say. Okay, just, just let you know. But I do love East Tennessee. There's no place like East Tennessee. And it's just, um, I, you know, I came prepared to ask a question, how about them Vols? But I'm not going to mention that after uh, last night. I think they, uh, they found that moonshine on Rocky Top, and they, they did not come down. All right? Uh, you'll, you'll get that when you listen to the Rocky Top song. All right? So, uh, you know, I grew up... Um, in, in Sweetwater, but got, uh, went to Bible college in Pensacola, Florida, then, then uh, ended up in Alabama, and Pastor Tom and I and our families, we served, served a church there for about 15 years together there in Alabama, and um, I like to say that was the best of times and the worst of times for me, because, um, because it was the best of times because I learned and grew so much under our church under our leadership there our our pastor taught me everything I know about leadership and pastoring people but it was the worst of times being a Tennessee fan living in Alabama I'm just telling you it was a difficult season all right well uh, I'm so glad really uh, honored to be with you today and uh, to be on this platform uh, filling in for Pastor Tom and and my, my wife of 19 years, believe it or not, 19 years. And yes, Annalise right here on the front row. We, we have four awesome boys together, four boys, Garrett, Gavin, Gideon, and Gibson. And we have a, an add-on daughter, the daughter that we never had. She's with us today, Blair. Come on, let's honor, uh, honor our family today. Thank you. So glad that they're with us. But uh, I want to take a moment and just talk about the Watsons just before I get into my message because I, I don't know if you know it or not, but what God's doing here is not normal. It's uh, God's up to something good, and what's happening here does, is not happening everywhere. And God is showing up. God's moving here. We've known them, the Watsons, for about 16 years. We served together at a church in Alabama, and our families grew up together there in Alabama. 
But uh, here's what I know about the Watsons. And some of you, you may not know this yet because th- this is a, a new church. You're just getting to know them. You're, you're trying to figure out whether you can trust them. Can we just be honest? I remember when we were planting our church four years ago, one guy told me, hey, you know, I just don't trust you yet. And I said, I don't trust you. It's fine. Let's start. <laughs> let's, let's just get the... So I know you may, you may be kicking the tires. You're, you're seeing, is Five Stones the church for me? Is this where I belong? And I wanna just see if I can sell you on it a little bit more because I know the Watsons really, really well. And I can tell you that they are the real deal. I can tell you that they are who they say they are. I can, you know, uh, one, one um, podcast and pastor, uh, a podcaster and pastor, he's uh, Chad Veach from California. He says, when people tell you who they are, believe them. When they show you who they are by, by their actions, just the little small things. So if, if you're around the Watsons long enough, just believe who they are when, when, when you say, man, is that too good to tr- be true? Is, is that something they're putting on? No, it's them. It's who they are. They're the real deal. And there's no one who will outwork the Watsons. Come on, I'm telling you right now, they will climb faster, run, they, 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 will, they will go further than anybody else. They're just, they're just, they're incredible people. But I think the thing that I admire the most about the Watsons Tom and Deborah, in a, in a world and in a society where we see pastors who are getting divorced and leaving the ministry and they're, they're falling apart, day after day it seems like, what I admire the most about the Watsons is their marriage. I admire that about them. For years I've watched them and they've, they've been a couple, Tom and Deborah have been a couple who put their marriage first. And their marriage is one that you can admire, it's one that you can look up to, it's one that you can aspire to have a marriage like their marriage. And so I just wanna tell you, as I'm, I'm, I have the privilege of being one of the overseers of Pastor Tom and Deborah, and I just wanna tell you today that they are who they say they are and what God's doing here is incredible. And I want us to honor them today. So can we put our hands together today? Love you guys so much, so much. All right, well, hey, we're kicking off week, this is week three of Change Your World. And the big idea behind this series is that it would, it's, it's really impossible for one person to change the entire world. There's, there are seven billion people on planet Earth, and so it would be impossible for one person to change the entire world, for one person to make a difference in, in the entire world. But it's not unrealistic to think that one person could change their world, that one person could change the world of one person around them. And, and we're talking about change your world. And the idea behind this is not that we're changing the entire world, but we're changing the sphere of influence that God has given us. The sphere of influence, that circle of influence that God's put in front of us. And so I, I love the way Andy Stanley said it. He said, let's do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. And that's what we're gonna do this weekend with Servolution as you guys are going out to make a difference this coming Saturday. Servolution is about doing for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And so in our context, in, in the church world, we realize that we can't, we, we, we can't feed every hungry child in the world, but we can, we can start by feeding every child in Hamilton County. Come on, somebody. Like, hey, we, we can't do free backpacks for every child in America, but we can do free, free backpacks for every kid in Ottawa City Schools. Come on, we we can't rescue the 40 million people in human trafficking, enslaved in human trafficking. That's that's impossible. That would be a big thing for us to tackle, but we can rescue one person for human trafficking. So that's that's the idea that we're gonna do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. 
So the reality is this, we all have influence. Every one of us have a circle of influence. There are people in your lives that trust what you say. There are people in your lives that if you invited them to church, they would say yes. Did you know that um, the statistics say that 80% of people would say yes to church if they were invited? So what, what the people outside of church are waiting for is for a real Christian, someone, someone that's, that's a real believer to just say, hey, do you, you want to go to church with me? Hey, how about I'll meet you in the lobby? And, and that's the circle of influence that I'm talking about is the people that you have buy-in with, that they believe what you say, they trust you. There's someone who looks up to you. Maybe it's a family member, it's a neighbor, it's a coworker, it's a teammate, it's a classmate, somebody that believes Maybe it's the barista at the new coffee shop that you've been going to that you don't even know their name yet, but they, knows, they notice something about you. There's something different about this person. I need, I need to figure out what that is. And, and if, you just, if you just use your influence to make a difference, it would make a difference. All right? So my goal today with this message is really to just kind of stir you up. Uh, the way I like to say it is I'm, I'm just trying to push you over the edge a little bit. Um, if we were at a red light, I would give you a beep, beep. <laughs> you, you know what, you know that kind of, that, that, that's a friendly, hey, the light's green. Just letting you know. What, what you really want to do is go, beep, come on, you moron, go, right? That's what you want to do, but instead you say, beep, beep. <laughs> just light. So I'm, I'm not going to do the beep, I'm just giving you a beep, beep, okay? And I'm just telling you, hey, everybody, this week's Servolution. Hey, everybody, this is the time where we put our faith in action. This is, the, this is where I'm just pushing you a little bit to, to go all in. And can I just tell you if, you, if you haven't gone all in yet, let me give you this challenge. We, I do this multiple times a year at our church. And I want to give you this challenge today is to give God a year of your life. If you haven't done that yet, if, you, if, you, if you're kind of testing the waters, kicking the tires of Five Stones Church, give God a year. Go through the next steps classes. Get in a small group. Go through, start serving on the dream team. Show up at First Saturday Serves at the Servolution. And I promise you, if you'll go all in, you'll look back a year from now and you won't recognize who you are today. Your life will be completely different. Give God, we call it the one-year challenge. Take up the one-year challenge. So, so I'm just giving you that little nudge today. I'm, I'm trying to prepare you for Servolution this Saturday. And so I want to give you a couple thoughts. But I want to start with Matthew chapter 5, okay? And I'm going to read this scripture from, from the message paraphrase. So this is not a translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase. Um, it's a modern-day version where it's just good for us to read. I love reading this paraphrase. I wouldn't study from it, but I love the verbiage that it gives. And Jesus is coming to us here after, after the, the Beatitudes, and he says this. He's, let, let me tell you why you're here. And see, there's some of you today, you don't know why you're here. You don't know why God put you on this earth. You have yet to figure out that God has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for your life. And so I, I want to just, I want to I wanna say it this way. Uh, Mark Twain says that the two greatest days of your life are the day that, you've, that you were born and the day that you found out why you were born. Some of you, you, you know you're here, but you don't know why you're here. You haven't figured out why God puts you on this earth. And Jesus says, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You're here to be salt seasoning. Well, what does salt do? Salt makes things better. 
Come on, somebody. You ever had some food? You, you, you take a bite of something and you're just like, ah, this is kind of bland. It's nasty. You put a little salt on it. Salt makes everything better. I, it's, it's incredible. You're here to make things better for people is what Jesus is saying. You're here to bring out the God flavors of the earth. You're, you're here to make Jesus attractional for people. Oh, I love this part. He keeps going and he says, if you lose your saltiness, if you, if you lose that flavor about you, if you stop making things better for people around you, people won't be able to taste the goodness of God. You'll lose your, your, your the people, people won't be able to taste of the, the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and he says, you've lost your, useful, your usefulness and you'll end up in the garbage. You, you know what I do with food that doesn't taste good? garbage you go out to eat and it's just not seasoned just right and and you know instead of taking the salt and pepper shaper shaker from the from the table you you just say you know i'm not eating this trash it's just garbage you send this back right that's what jesus is saying that if we lose our saltiness people will actually push away from us they'll say man i I don't know about this i don't know about this church just like every other church they're just, they're, they're so focused on themselves and, and you lose your ability to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. I'm gonna keep going. And look, one of the things I love is I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't pull any punches. I have this privilege today to just come in, blow in, blow up, blow out, and leave Pastor Tom with all the things to deal with, okay? So I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold back. Is that okay? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to help us today. Beep, beep, Okay. Here we go, just trying to help us. If you lose your saltiness, how will people know of the goodness of God? He, he, he says, he goes on, he says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be a light. You're here to be a light, bringing out the God colors of the earth. Well, if salt makes things better, light must make things brighter. So we're here on the earth. God, if we don't know why we're here, Jesus says, I've put you here to make things better for people and to make things brighter for people. And he says, God's not a secret to be kept. No, 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 no. We're going public with this. Come on, we're going, we're going as public as a city on a hill. Let's look out mountain. Here we come, baby. Let's go. City on a hill. If you may, he says, if I make you light bearers, if, I'm, if you're here to make things better and brighter, you don't think I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? Hide it under a bushel. No. No. No, no, no. Jesus, I'm not, we're not doing that. We're not playing that game. No, no. I'm putting you on a, on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop, what I want you to do is shine. 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 Let your light shine before all men. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. I love this part. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. Oh, come on, somebody. When you're out there serving this Saturday at Servolution and you're making a difference at the homeless shelter or you're serving a group of teachers at a different school or maybe you're, or maybe you're serving widows or orphans or you're helping a, a, a next-door neighbor do something at their house or maybe you're... You're taking care of single moms. Whatever you do, as you serve them, you're, as you open up with God, you're going to cause them. As you open up to others, you're going to cause them to open up with God. I love that. I love that. 
One of the things we do at our church, we, we, if you asked people in our city, what's City Hope known for? We're known for serving people. Just those red shirts all the time out in the city, all the time. That's what people know us for. One of the things we do, and I, I wanna, maybe, maybe some of you will take this and run with it, is uh, we'll do $2 car washes, except it's a total bait and switch, right? Every, every time you see a car wash of young people, they're always raising money for a youth trip or a ball team or something. They're raising money for something. You don't ever see a car wash and think to yourself, man, I wanna go get a halfway decent car wash and give them some money for not a great job. Right? You, you, don't, you don't ever think, you know, I'm, I'm going to let them just clean my car entirely for me. That way I don't have to rewash it after the fact. It's always dirty. It's always still dirty. So what we do is we say, you know what, we're going to do a two, $2 car wash. We got, we got the young people out there. We've got the, they've got signs, hey, $2 car wash. They drive in to get their car washed. We wash it for them. And then as they roll down their window to give us $2, we give them $2. And they go, well, no, 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 I haven't paid you yet. And we're like, oh, yeah, we, we know. Well, well why, are you giving me, why, why are you giving me money? Well, because this is a $2 car wash where we wash your car and give you $2. And then they go, well, we're not supposed to do that here. And then, and then they, instead of giving us $2, they start reaching for like 20s and 50s. They're like, well, here, take this. We're like, you don't get the point. We don't need your money. We're not after your money. We just want to be a blessing to you. And I can't tell you how many people have showed up to our church the next day going, Man, I, uh, I say, how'd you hear about church? Well, I, I got a car wash yesterday, and it's the first time that I ever encountered a church that wanted to do something for me rather than to take something from me. Come on, somebody. That's good right there. We're not taking from people. We're giving to them. We're blessing them. We're being an encouragement to them. And their minds are blown. They go, I've just never, I've never saw this before. I've, I've never seen a church that wanted to be a blessing before. And that's, what, that's what's different about Five Stones. Is this is not a church where you're just out to take from people. No, no, we want to lighten their load. We want to make it better for them. We want to make it brighter for them. Amen? Amen? All right, all right. So we're here to bring out the God flavors and the God colors to make things better and to make things brighter for people. But Jesus calls us to do this. He calls us to be a positive change agent. Now, we all love this idea of being a positive change agent. I mean, if, if we asked you individually, you'd say, yeah, man, I want to change. I want to I be a change agent. I want to help people. I want to I bring change until it requires us to change, right? I mean, we want to bring change and, unless it requires us to change. And I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. And I, I just wanted to prove to us today that we, that we don't like change, okay? So I need 100% participation on this. We don't like change prove it to you. Everybody do me a favor, 100%. Just cross your arms. Cross your arms like this. Yeah. I mean, this, this is normal. This feels good. This is the way we always cross our arms. We always cross our arms the exact same way every single time. But, but just to prove that we don't like change, cross them the other way, the way you didn't want to cross them the, the, the first time. And it's weird. This is weird. I don't like it. I feel like Mary Catherine Gallagher. When, when I get nervous, I don't know what to do with my hands, and I just stick them under my arms like this, and then I, and then I smell them like that. I don't know what to do with my hands. Okay. All right. One more, one more. One more. Fold your hands. Just fold your hands for me. Yeah. 
This is natural. We've been folding our hands the exact same way our entire lives. But just to kind of show us that we don't like change, move it over one finger. That's weird. I don't, it's weird. Who does that, right? It's just, it's not normal. It's not natural. So, all right, we're good. All right, so in order for us to change our world, to influence the people around us, it's going to require us to change. So if we're going to change our world, we're going to have to change some things, maybe about the way that we reach people, maybe about the way that we live our lives. If we're going to be salt and light, if, if we're going to change our world, if we're going to make a difference, we're going to have to make things better for people and brighter for people. And that's what Jesus has asked us to do. So what I want to do is just propose this question. We've, I've, I've kind of given you the what I want you to know. I want you to know we need to be salt and light. But now I want to tell you how. How do I be salt and light? So the question of the day is how, how can I make things better and brighter for people? If you're taking notes, jot this down. Number one, if we're going to be salt and light, value people. Just that simple, value people, and right out beside that, connection. This is about relationships with people. If we're going to change the world around us, our sphere of influence, that means I, have to actually, I just have to see people where they are. If I'm going to change my world, I need to be relational. I need to acknowledge people. I need to put a smile on my face. I need to give that random act of kindness. I need to give that piece of encouragement to people. I need to just see people. If, if I'm going to value them, I, I, I need to see where they are. I need to acknowledge people where they are. And I don't want to be too spiritual for you today. I mean, I know this is church and all that, but I, I mean, I don't want to be too spiritual for you. Why do, why do I need to value people, Pastor Ben? Well, this, this may be over the top, but we should value people because Jesus valued people. That's all. I mean, I don't want to get too churchy today. <laughs> but we value people because Jesus valued people. Now, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we would call you a Christian. And that word Christian just means Christ-like, that you are like Christ. So what that means is that if I'm going to change my world, if I'm going to be salt and light to the world around me, if, if I... I've got to value people for the simple fact that Jesus valued people. He, he didn't just value some, he valued everyone. And I love this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus says, that he's talking about valuing people. He says, when I was hungry, on, remember that Servolution Saturday where you, where you fed me? I was sitting on the park bench and you saw me. And you gave me something to eat. Hey, rem remember when I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink? Remember when I was homeless and you, you saw me sleeping on the sidewalk and you took me to the shelter? Hey, remember when I was shivering and you dropped off some clothes for me? Remember when I was sick? And, and you stopped by the house and you set up a meal train and you, and you organized a group of people to, to take my kids different places. Remember that? Remember? 
When you came to prison and you visited me, which by the way, I I don't even think this is just a physical or literal prison. I think that it could be the prison of mental illness, the prison of fear, the prison of worry, the prison of of doubt, the the prison of concern. Remember when you came and you visited me and then all of the church people said, what are you talking about? When when did we visit you, Jesus? We, We never, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you a drink? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will say, I'm telling you the truth. Whenever you did it for someone overlooked or ignored. I love that. When you did it for someone who couldn't do it for themselves. When you did it for someone who was marginalized and vulnerable. Come on. You did it for me, Jesus says. So what I want us to see today, Five Stones, is I want us to see that when you, when you do something, when you serve this coming Saturday, when you are using your life to make a difference for the people around you, Jesus takes it personal. He takes it personal. You did it for him. So that's the first thought, is we've just got to value people. But the second thought is this, in your notes, add value to people. I'm going to add value to people. And what this is about is using my influence. I'm going to use my influence. One of the best ways for you to use your influence right here at Five Stones is by serving on the dream team. 100%. I told you what Mark Twain said about the day you were born and the day you found out why you were born. Well, there's a group of people here at Five Stones called the dream team, and they figured out why they were born. They figured out why God created them. They figured out the purpose that God has for their life. And they did that through going to the the next steps track. Today's step three of that. Two weeks from today is step one of next steps where you you learn vision. You learn values. You learn who who this church is. Where's where's it headed? But it's a place that you can begin to use your influence. And the, the, the dream team is that group of people that got here this morning. It's seven o'clock in the morning, and, and the janitor didn't show up. They were an hour late, Tom was telling me. And they busted their butts to get this entire church ready for us today. Come on, can we give it up for the launch team, the dream team, the setup team, the, the parking team, the, the greeting team, the ushers, the production and kids. They found their gifts, and they, they realized that I'm fulfilled using my gifts and my calling and my purpose in life. I know why I'm here. And what I love about serving is that it takes our eyes off of our problems and puts our eyes on somebody else. See, what happens when I serve is I begin, it it shifts my perspective. Serving others shifts my perspective. I begin to realize like, oh, I, I I thought I had it bad. And this single mom is struggling to make ends meet. And I, I can do something to help this. I can do something about this. Now that I know, I feel like I'm responsible. I feel like I I need to do something. I need to make a difference here. And when we serve other people, it takes our eyes off of our problems and and gives us a new perspective to what's going on in our lives. I love Paul. I love the Apostle Paul and, and his service towards other people. I love his attitude here. In 1 Corinthians, he says that even though I'm free of the demands and the expectations of everyone else. So in other words, I don't, have to, I don't have to do what I'm doing because everybody else expects me to do this. No, he says, I 
have voluntarily become a servant. I'm not doing this because I felt guilted by the church that I should show up for servolution. I'm not doing this because I feel like they need me and if I don't go today, then they're not, they're not gonna have somebody greeting at the door. No, no, I'm not doing it for that. No, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all people in order to reach a wide range of people. I'm just trying to, really, I, 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 I'm just trying to reach the religious Come on, where y'all at, Chattanooga? Got some religion around here. Come on, I know I'm, I'm from East Tennessee. This is the belt buckle of the Bible belt. Come on. I'm just trying to really reach the religious, the, the non-religious, the meticulous, the moralist, the loose living immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. What Paul is saying here is that I'm trying to reach everybody I can doing anything that I can. And I think that's the heartbeat of Five Stones Church, that we will do anything short of sin to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. Well, I just don't know about that, brother. That seems a little unbiblical if you ask me. Well, nobody asked you. I'll let you deal with that later. No, no. You hear the heartbeat of Paul? I'll just do whatever I can to reach as many people as I can. Look what he, he goes on to say. I didn't take on their way of life. And here, that's, that's the difference, everybody. Paul says, I'm, I'm just doing everything I can to reach as many, th- many people as I can, but I'm not doing what they do. I'm not becoming like them. I'm, I'm not taking on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. In other words, I had a standard. And I knew I wasn't going to do these things. I'm, I'm not going to cross these lines, but I'm going to do everything I can to help these people. I, I entered their world and I tried to experience things from their point of view. I went to their side of the tracks. I sat on their porch and had a cup of coffee. I went late one night to pick up my neighbor from the bar because he didn't have anybody else to drive him home. I put myself in their shoes. I walked a mile in their shoes. Just why, why, would, why would Paul do that? And he answers the question. He says, I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet to a God-saved life. Paul says, I've done all of this just so that I could introduce them to Jesus Christ. I did all of this for the message. I did all of this for the good news. I did all of this. I didn't want to just talk about it. I didn't want to just say, yeah, that's my church. Yeah, oh, yeah, five stones. Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my people right there. No, no, I didn't want to just talk about it. I wanted to be in on it, Paul says. I wanted to be in on the action. I wanted to show up and roll up my sleeves and get dirty and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Is this okay? Is this helping anybody today? My goal is never that you would feel um, like I'm preaching at you. I'm just giving you that little beep, beep, right? Beep, beep, come on. Let's, Let's value people. Let's add value to people. Let's show up in their lives. Let's be intentional when we serve people around us. And then number three, in your notes, live good values. Live good values. Yo, yo, what's up? Live good values. 
This is about attraction. Attraction. So, so think about it this way. Attraction is when you live your life in such a way that people around you go, I don't know what's different about you, but I want it. I, I want that. That's living good values. This is where you live your life in a way that makes people want what you have. They look at you and say, I want, I want that. See, a, a lot of times when, when you become a Christian, like being a Christian has this bad rap. Like we're just supposed to be fuddy-duddies. Glory to God. Remember, thee before thou, except after thine. What are you talking about? Like, we're, I, th- I think church people are supposed to be the funnest people on the planet. I think the way we say it at our church, church is supposed to be a party, not a presentation. We're supposed to have fun in the house of God. Church is supposed to be a joy, not a drag. It's supposed to be enjoyed, not endured. Come on, somebody. Like, we're supposed to want to be in church. And I know the kind of church that the Watsons are trying to, uh, trying to have here. They're trying to have a church where if you miss a Sunday, you actually miss church. We prayed that over our church. We said, God, if, let, let, it's our prayer. Let people say, if, if they have to miss coming to church, Lord, we want them to say, I can't wait to get back next Sunday. If, if they miss church, we want them to really miss church. We want them to walk out saying, this is a breath of fresh air. This is exactly what I've been looking for. We want that for people. And, and I, let me tell you, we've, we, we've seen it happen over and over and over and over again in our church in Wichita Falls. And I believe it's happening here. And my favorite story about this life of attraction goes back to 2007. Pastor Tom and I were serving at Daystar Church in Alabama. And we had an Easter service at Wallace State Community College the Coliseum there, packed the entire place out. And in that service was a guy named Butch. Butch was an atheist. Butch didn't believe in God. That, the, after that Easter service, he came to our pastor that, that week, had a meeting with our pastor, and he said, he said, Jerry, I don't know if he talked like that. I'm just <laughs> making it up. But uh, He said, Jerry, I'm not a, I'm not a, religious guy. I don't really believe in Jesus. I don't do this whole church thing. I'm not a fan of organized religion. Uh, this is not really for me. Here's what he said. But whatever those people on the platform had, I want it. What did it, what did they have? They had this they had this joy. There was something about them. There was an attraction about them that he says whatever they have, those smiles that they have on their faces, I want that. I need that in my life. And that, if that's Jesus Christ, then here I come. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. That's the kind of good values, this attraction that I'm talking about. Paul says it this way. He says that the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit within you is divine love expressed different ways in its varied varied expressions. So the fruit of the Spirit is expressed through joy that overflows, 
Come on, somebody. A joy that overflows. That, hey, we get to do this. We don't have to do this. We get to do this. We get to serve our people. It's expressed through a patience that endures like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps going and going and going and going. It is a, it's a kindness that endures. It's a kindness in action. It's when you show up at the gas station and somebody says, hey, hey, uh, you got $10 I can borrow for gas. And you say, hey, no, just pull up your car. I'm going to fill up the whole tank today. It's that kind of kindness in action. It's a faith that prevails, that sees into the future and believes the best and speaks the best and hopes the best. It's a gentleness of heart. It's a strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities. It's not just about trying harder and doing right and being perfect. No, 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 no. Look at these, look at these expressions of love. And he says, these expressions are limitless. In other words, I need a refilling of them too. Because every once in a while, I get a little bit low on patience. Anybody else? I get a little bit low on joy. I need to be refilled. But there's, there's a, limitless, a, a, a limitless outpouring of God into our lives. He'll give us as much of this as we want. And listen, I, there's not a doubt in my mind that if we lived this kind of life, that it would change our world. If we lived the fruit of the Spirit in our lives the world around us would be different in Jesus' name. I believe that. So value people. Add value to people. Live good values. Number four, share good values. Share good values. And this is where transformation begins to take place. See, this is really what we're after. What we're, what we're really after is community transformation. That Chattanooga, Ottawa, Hamilton County, North Georgia, the tri-state area would be different because Five Stones Church is here. There would, there would be a transformation that takes place, but it happens when we share good values. And did you notice that all four of our points today is really simple, really simple, have one word in common, value. Add value, live good values, share good values. So if we're going to change our world, we could boil it down to this, values. It's values. That transformation has to be a value in my core, in, 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 in what I believe Changing the world begins with good values. Salt and light, better and brighter, begins with this is who I am. It's a value, not just on the outside. It's not just what I do. It's who I am. We can't change the world without good values. So let me give you one of the best values. I'll give you a little bit more context. In the scripture we're about to read, Jesus is talking about loving your enemies praying for those who hurt you, doing good to those who persecute you. Jesus, what are you talking about? <laughs> I ain't thinking to do good to nobody. It hurt me, right? Is that, don't you feel that way sometimes? I'm not, I'm not trying that. He says, I, I want you to love your enemies. Do good to those who hurt you. Pray for those who've persecuted you. Do, do all of that. But right in the middle of the passage, he gives us a value that is known and adopted by nearly every religion 
on the planet. Every religion has some form of this value that first came out of the mouth of Jesus. We know it as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's a value. It's a Christ-centered value. We see it in Luke chapter 6. Jesus says, give to everyone who asks you. Give to them. This Saturday on Servolution, give to everyone who asks you. One of the generosity will change a city. Generosity will change a community. We we do a, a, a Saturday serve the first Saturday of every month on an underserved at an underserved part of town, and we just we grill hundreds of burgers and meals every single first Saturday of the month and cars are lined up down the street to drive through and get their meal and you know we we could be like uh, well there's only one of you in here we're only going to give you one one burger but what happens is these people become advocates for their community and they'll drive through and they'll be like hey we we need like 18 of those I'm going to take them to my neighbors okay Can, can 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 I have six do you need more we give you 25 if you need them. We don't care. Because it's, a, it's about meeting a need. It's about being a blessing. It's, a, it's about transformation. So Jesus says, give to everyone who asks you. If, if they take what belongs to you, don't get it back. Don't demand it back. And here it is. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. Ben, I just don't understand why, why servolution is such a big deal. I mean, why, why is it so important that we show up and serve? Do unto others. I mean, but, but can't these people just go get a job? I mean, can't they, just, like, can't they just go provide for themselves? If they could just provide for themselves, we wouldn't need to do this. Do unto others. I mean... Is it really that important? I mean, it's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Is it, I mean, do we really need to take time away from our family to focus on somebody else who has it worse than us? Do unto others. If I was in that position, I sure would love it if somebody reached out to me. If you love those who love you, five stones, it's easy to love in this building. That's what we're supposed to do. Jesus says, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love people who love them. See, but values don't start on the outside. Values aren't about what we do. It's about who we are. And this is a value of Five Stones Church, that we give generously, that we serve, that we put, we put service over status. We before me. It's not just about what I want. No, we've got to let these, these, these values take root on the inside. And as the right values take root on the inside, it changes us. And then when we're transformed, we can go out and transform those around us. We can change the world around us. And what I believe God wants for, for us more than anything is Romans 15. What God wants is for those who are strong and able in the faith 
to step in and lend a hand. Lend a hand to those who falter. Lend a hand to those who are vulnerable, those who are marginalized. Lend a hand to those who don't have it like you have it. Lend a hand to those, and don't just do what's convenient for you. Why? Why is this so important? Because service, strength is for service, not status. Let me tell you why God's blessing five stones. It's because you have pastors who are more concerned about service than status. They're more concerned about reaching people than keeping people. Uh Uh-oh, did I say that? Come on. It's because they're concerned, because they know that the church is not this building. This church is not the name, that we are the church, and we exist for people who are not here yet. We exist for the broken and the hurting and the downtrodden and the, the marginalized and the overlooked. We exist for people who aren't here yet. So each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us and say, what do you need me to do, Pastor Tom? How can I help? Download the Serve Day app. How can I help? Get your Serve shirt. How can I help? Show up to Servolution. Show up to First Saturday Serve. How can I help? Be ready to roll up your sleeves and put faith into action. How can I help? Embrace those who are broken and vulnerable and marginalized. And as we serve other people, as we serve the people around us, our sphere of influence, we're going to make things better and we're going to make things brighter for people. And I believe at the end of the day, they're going to open up their hearts to God.